This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. When you think about the, the bull and the matador dueling in the sky, it's like his, his emotions arguing with maybe his logic. And then you think about uh, the inhale, in hell, there's a heaven. It's like in hell, he's smoking weed. In hell, there's a heaven. He's finally like in hell down here. But when he smokes that weed, it's like he's able to get away get from high. it. He gets high and he gets away from it. He gets, to, you know, I was like, God damn, the dude's words on this are just so incredible. Then a hip-hop album review, Frank Ocean Blonde. Before we get into the album review, make sure you go and get the Modest Media Laugh. You can go get the ringtone, use it as a text tone, do it however you want, it's about 11 seconds. Also, man, make sure you go check out the Swisher Sweets YouTube channel. They're definitely getting into music with two dope shows that they have on their channel right now. One of them is called The Artist Project. The other one is called What It Mean. Go check them out. The link will be in the description below. Make sure you check out the Patreon page. I'm not gonna go into it. Go check that out. Back to the review, Frank Ocean Blonde. It's been what, how, how long, Ken? Four. Four. Four, four years? Yeah, four years. Four years, you know, that, that, that's, that's a long time, Frank. It's a long time, bro. Did we drop the Frank Ocean conversation? Yeah, we did. We talked about? Okay, so, and that, I, I was a little confused. I think Modest did a great job of cutting it out because when we talked about it, I was confusing Nostalgia Ultra with Channel Orange. Oh, yeah. okay. So, Nostalgia Ultra, super, super dope. I was not a big fan of Channel Orange. You know, I definitely fuck with Frank, loved one project, didn't like the other one. Wanted to know where he was gonna go with this. And I can't front, man, this project right here is super eclectic and all over the place. But, it was dope. Damn, you gave me, you, you gave me the, 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 the weird face, man. You gave, you gave me the weird face. <laughs> <laughs> this project was eclectic and dope, and he definitely started off with Nikes. Um, the way that song comes in, and then also how it flows into Ivy. In Ivy, he's talking about his um, his first love. And when he starts going into these different voices that he has on his project, the one on Ivy reminded me of Prince a little bit. Like, it was a little out there. You know what I'm saying? Let me just go down to number 10 solo reprise. Let me just skip ahead. Let me just skip ahead. I'm, I'm just saying, let me, let me just, it's not being disrespectful. I, look, man. This dude, Andre 3000, this, this, this is how, and I've been said it, it's documented on this channel, this is how I feel like Jay should have done it. When you're retired, doesn't mean that you can't make music. Just jump on shit here and there. Make people still want an album because you were so great. Keep reminding people why you are a legend. And that's exactly what Andre 3000 did on this fucking verse on Solo Reprise. So I'm gonna say, go check that shit out if you haven't. Somebody said he dissed Drake, he didn't diss Drake. He did not diss Drake, CeeLo Green came out and said that verse was written two years ago. Mm -hmm. And that it was not 
directed at Drake. He didn't write it with Disc and Drake in mind. Right. But he put it on Frank's album. I'm probably with Drake in mind. And some other people. Who else? I don't know. That we don't know. If he wrote it two years ago, oh, who true. is he talking about? But um, other dope songs like Siegfried was also one of um one of the doper songs to me. I thought it was real interesting how he was taking, you know, the idea of the American dream, right? Like all of these ideas that are instilled in you, but what truly makes you happy? You know what I'm saying? So he's talking about like what's going on in your brain and what's instilled in you, what you learn from, even from your culture and your household versus what's really inside of you and having that, you know, that battle, that internal struggle, you know what I'm saying? And I think that's what Frank did really good on this project is that he talked a lot about himself and I guess some of the stuff that has been happening over these four years, I'm assuming, which is probably why it took him so long to come out with this project. Also why I think it's probably so all over the place as well because I can't necessarily say this is a cohesive project but it sounds good to me though sonically yes like 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 there, there, there's a there's a tonality to it right like like internal reflection but I don't know like the sounds are just here and here he's doing a lot of different stuff with voices and stuff nah did you get that the the lack of cohesion mm -hmm. um no no I think when I listened to it, um, and it took a couple of listens, I think for me, the big takeaway that I got from it was that it's really all about identity and and the identity within himself and, and the different things that he's been, like you said, dealing with just over the years. You know, I thought of a lot about the interlude, Be Yourself, and it's his mom coming on, he, everybody heard it, she's telling him to do all this, that, and the other, but if you listen to the songs, mm -hmm. He's kind of in conflict with himself. Look at the title of the album, Blonde, Blonde, the male and female version of the spelling. Look at the relationships that he's encountered, people that he's loved, but he's too familiar with them, though he don't want to put himself out there like that. You know, um, there's moments on here where he's talking about, you know, um, a girl, sleeping with a girl. And then there's another moment where he's saying, yeah, I don't cut girl, you know, girls anymore. And um, you know he's talking about these different relationships that, that he's been on. He's talking about being solo, but yet on another song he wants to be with somebody. So he's talking about also being solo by yourself and then being lonely by yourself. So when I first listened to this, like right around that middle piece of the album, where it, it starts to kind of break apart musically and it kind of he starts to experiment, you know, with the lack of drums, the lack of a foundation throughout this, um, throughout the album. Uh, from, I think it started with like uh, solo and then it kind of goes goes through. Um, when I'm listening to it, the first listen, for me it, it, you know, it was like, it was very uninteresting to me. Not what is he doing, it was just the music didn't jump out. Hmm. And it became cerebral more than, you know, sonically what I'm actually hearing from a surface level standpoint. It didn't pick up for me again until White Ferrari. And, it, and the reason why White Ferrari stood out for me was because throughout the album, in particular on that song for me, what stood out was his vocal phrasing. It was semi all over the place, but at the same time it wasn't. So, but, and, and it was kind of weird how he was doing it. And, and that part kind of stood out for me because it was a way he hit a certain note. And, and I'm listening to how he's putting all this stuff together. I was like, wow, that's, 
that's kind of dope how he did that. And it was toward the end of that particular song. And then of course there, there's uh, Siegfried, and then Godspeed, which has the Kimberell and some gospel influences um, in there as well. Uh, what I liked about Siegfried was just the end part. When he was saying that, you know, I'll, I'll do anything for you. But again, he's saying the dark. So it's like, yeah, I wanna be out here, but I don't, I love you so much, but you know, I still wanna keep this part of me hidden. So again, that, that conflict with this, 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 his identity of, you know, don't wanna be out, you know what I'm saying? So we don't know when these songs were written or, or when they were not written, but you know, that's, that's kind of what I picked up for him. But what stood out for me was the way that song ended, because you could kind of hear, it almost sounded like, a, a longing, a, a, an anguish, a, 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 like pain, like he really wanted to be with this guy. Yeah. yeah, and it was it was just the way he he, he did that and the way he closed it out. It's it, it's it's it stuck with me more than anything else on the album. I saw the way uh, White Ferrari ended, but I find myself walking around the house and that part hmm. just playing over and over in my head, over and over again, and. That was really like the first moment that I had with this album. And then after that, it's just trying to listen to it over and over again and, and understand it because it's way different than Channel Orange. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and this four years later, he's had a chance to explore and experiment with a lot of different things, I would imagine. So did you like it? Yeah, yeah, you know what? It, it, it took a minute. It took a minute for this one to kind of resonate with me. Mm -hmm. um, because obviously the hypebeats were out. Of course. They had a part in it, but not, a lot because yeah. you know when I listen to it and then I'm seeing the hype I'm like yeah y'all bugging because there's at least for me it's like the way you guys are talking about this album I don't know if you were able to unpack some of the stuff that was in here that freaking fast yeah 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 you know especially with the way he switched up the music because the way you you think about how people love Channel Orange mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden you just love this which is Different. Damn, they're a whole new artist. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I'm with you. So you know, the, you know, the, the hype always get me, and Frank has always been part of the hype machine, involuntarily. I might add. I would think when you look at Facebook story, you know, he's telling that story, and then it goes to closer to you, but it, which is a, a, a cover of Stevie Wonder. But the cover he did was when Stevie Wonder was doing the vocal box. But if you think about that song, I want to be close to you. You go back to the Facebook story and how the guy was like, I'm right here in person. You know what I'm saying? Why do we need Facebook? And then you listen to the song where I want to be close to you, but it had this technology. He's using this instrument yeah. that gives us this, this, this sound, this, this mechanical sound to it. And you kind of put those two together. So you think he did that intentionally on the next song after that? Mm-hmm. Interesting. I, think so. I never thought of that. Yeah, about. I think yeah. so. Yeah, because it was weird. Because when when I heard, it, I'm like, why did he do it this way? It, again, it didn't make any sense because you really couldn't hear him sing the song. Yeah. Because the 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 vocal box or whatever he was using was kind of getting in the way. <laughs> and that's a beautiful song, you know. Uh, Interesting. That that he he did, and a lot of people have covered that song. But then the way he did it, it just kind of interfered with that. It kind of made it a little bit harsh, you know, um, to listen to. It's, it's definitely an interesting album, and I think you, you do have to kind of sit with it. I don't think you're walking around like bumping the shit out of this. Like, yeah, nah, no. it's not that type of album. But it's definitely one that, that I, I found pretty interesting the more and more I listen to it. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure there's some more stuff that, that's in here that I haven't had a chance to even, even pull out yet. Only thing I'll say is I'm glad we didn't do this shit yesterday. Mm. I, hated yeah. I hated this album up until yesterday. Wow. <laughs> when I first listened to this, 
I was like, wow, this is some fucking bullshit. This is some bullshit. Second listen, I was like, okay, it's, it's kind of cool. I kind of get what he's going for. Third listen, and it was like, after every listen, it started to get better and better, but what it actually took, and that's what I'm gonna start this off with, if you listen to this album and you don't like it, please just sit down and listen to it while reading the lyrics. And I think the entire feeling of the album is going to change because even if you still like the album, just reading his lyrics just as poetry alone is fucking amazing. Like the way he wrote these words is just beautiful. And I couldn't imagine this album being over any other type of production other than what he gave you. If this was over that more extravagant, uh, uh, complex production that we got with Channel Orange, I don't think I would have enjoyed it as much. Even though I really like Channel Orange, that's something I can put in the car and ride around to. This is not. This is the kind of album I might put on in the car and just run off a cliff and be totally fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, first song, I think I think the, the first issue was the first song, Nike's. I think that song is one of the worst songs Frank Ocean has ever written in his entire life. Really? That song is horrible. That song is trash. Why is it trash? Man? Because <laughs> it's completely pointless. It doesn't fit in with the rest of the album. And that stupid ass auto-tune shit went on for way too long. And it just didn't even make sense as an opener. I take it back. It's not trash. I don't like calling people shit trash. But I don't think it fit the album at all. When you put that song next to anything on here and to follow up with Ivy, which is arguably one of the best songs on the album, that, that sparse guitar, uh, shoegazy guitar production in the background, and just the way he laid his vocals out on Ivy. No, man, like, come on, like, I don't understand what the hell the point of Nike was. Maybe I'm just missing it. I, I just don't feel like you start your album off with a song that's not very strong. And I don't think that was a strong song at all to start an album off with, but, Ivy was amazing. Pink and White was just beautiful, man. Like, Pink and White, Pharrell is just a goddamn madman. And the thing about that's fucked up is, I don't even really think I know who else produced the rest of these songs. <laughs> yeah. But I heard that one, I was like, oh, I gotta see who did this. Yeah. Because the way he had those guitars on that song, especially when it hit that breakdown where it had the bongos and had that really subtle guitar, it was just so fucking good solo of course solo was just I, I i took it as it was just like a breakup song maybe i'm wrong but that's what it seemed like to me it seemed like it was it was one of those type of songs where he's kind of saying like uh you know he wants to take things slow and if it doesn't really work that way if you're not down with that then we're just better off being solo but the part that i found to be really interesting was the hook where he said um uh there's a bull in the matador dueling in the sky inhale in hell there's a heaven and at first i was just like okay whatever but then when you really think about it because he has these like subtle references to weed in that song mm -hmm. and I, it didn't connect until i listened to it a bunch of times and then yesterday it was finally like oh so it's like when you think about the the bull and the matador dueling in the sky it's like his his emotions arguing with maybe his logic and then you think about uh the inhale in hell there's a heaven it's like in hell he's smoking weed in hell, there's a heaven. He's finally like in hell down here. But when he smokes that weed, it's like he's able to get away yeah, from high. it. He gets high and he gets away from it. And he gets, to, you know, 
I was like, God damn, the dude's words on this are just so incredible. Self-Control was another song that I really, really, really liked. And it's like, when you first listen to it, it sounds really empty because again, there's no drums, there's not really a lot of instrumentation, but when you kind of like, I'll tell you what it took, it took like getting to the end where it had that, that part where he comes and he says, I, 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 I know oh, you yeah. guys leave, leave, leave. That was one of the most beautiful things I've heard this whole year. I was just like, Jesus Christ, this dude is just incredible. I'm not even gonna bother talking about the Andre shit. He already went into that. I mean, all we know is Andre needs to do an album. I disagree with the whole Just Do Features. <laughs> After that verse, no, give look, me a fucking album. Look, look, look. This motherfucker, he yes. says the most simple things, he but does. the way he says them is just like, when, 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 he, when he made the reference of him being a kid watching other kids kind yes, of play and stuff. come to an end. Like exactly. I'm on punishment. <laughs> he says, I'm watching y'all in astonishment while I'm on punishment. punishment. Yes. Like, yo, Jesus Christ. That, that verse is, 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 is super dope. Siegfried, that was another one that I, I thought was just amazing. I, again, that was another one that I took as just a really well laid out uh, breakup song. And the instrumental was just beautiful. But... What really made me like that song is, I don't know if y'all saw the weird list of contributors to the album. That's what really made me want to listen to this album, because he had, he put out this list of contributors on the album, and it was a whole bunch of just random people from, I can't even remember the, the rap influences, but it was the outside of rap influences that were weird, because some of them were like Brian Eno, uh, you know, there was Rick Rubin was on there, but the ones that were really bizarre were the ones that you know for a fact he did not collab with. Like he had mm. fucking David Bowie on there. Mm. And you know damn well David Bowie wasn't on this album. And he had uh, Elliot Smith on there. Who Elliot Smith is is uh, one of my favorite songwriters. He's been dead for years. And I know for, he was dead before Frank Ocean was even writing music. So I was like, why is he, what is this? This is bizarre. When you get to that song, the end where he says, um, uh, it's just a fond farewell to a friend. This is not my life. That's actually an Elliot Smith song. But that was the only one that I could pick out. I was like, okay, so now I know where the Elliot Smith influence comes from. Now I'm like going back, try, I'm, I kind of see, yeah, trying to find where the, yeah. So yeah, it's like I got where the Brian Eno comes from because that's where all that sparse, yeah. airy instrumentation comes from. I'm not real sure where the Bowie comes from. And I can't think of the other ones, but there were like five or six names on there where I'm like, I don't hear that. So when I finally heard the Elliott Smith influence, I was like, oh shit, now I wanna keep going back and find the other ones. But, I mean, even outside of that, of course, that song is incredible. The only song that I wasn't really a fan of was Nights. And I know that was a fan favorite. Which is an extremely popular song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but it was a really long song and I don't really feel like the payoff was that high. But other than that, this I is think, a fucking brilliant album. Yeah, I think with Nights for me, that was one of the ones that when I heard it and because of the B-Switch, I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of cool, I like that. But then once you start listening to other songs on here, yeah, that one drops down the totem pole. Frank Ocean, man, if you watching, um, all I ask is not, you know, don't 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 make us wait four years, man. That, he said he's not on your schedule. He's not, <laughs> he's, not he's not on no schedule, you know what I'm saying? Look, take, take, Take the time you need. Look, you know, I, I know you. I know you on your own timetable as every artist should be. Um, just as a fan, you know, I would definitely want more music faster than four years. But outside of that, man, like, what the fuck is there to tell you, bro? Ain't shit to tell you, man. Ain't shit to tell you, man. Keep doing you. Yeah, Frank Ocean, um, definitely 
considering the length of time from Channel Orange to this particular project, um, including the endless uh, visual album, um, you know, I, I, I can say that listening to this repeatedly and kind of understanding and, and feeling apart and unpacking like some of, some of the intricacies of the album, yeah, I was cool with the way. I mean, I'm not one of those super hyper fan Frank Ocean fans anyway, so I'm not sitting around, you know, on Twitter waiting for you to tweet or waiting for the information to leak out about any possible project or album or whatever. But um, for me, you know, I like what you're doing. I like what you bring to the game of R&B um, in, in, in the mix with, you know, everybody else that's kind of doing something, you know, interesting with the genre. Um, and I like your songwriting. I love the way you deliver your vocals. Um, I think that's definitely creative. And I love how you understand who you are as an artist when it comes to singing. You definitely have a bright future ahead of you and the world loves you. So uh, keep doing what you're doing. Take your time to put out the best work and not just any work. And that's it. I agree 100% with what Ken just said, especially the taking your time part. I'm okay waiting four years because I think it's gonna take four years before we really even get everything that's going on in this album. But, um, but yeah, I think you created a great, great project. You know, is it, uh, is it a bit hard to follow? Yes. Um, can it be a little samey at times? Yes. Is it pretentious as fuck? Yes. But is it a beautiful, well-made piece of art? I, at this point, I feel like it's undeniable. Like this is an amazing, amazing project. Even the songs that I'm not a huge fan of, I don't skip. Cause I'm just like, it, 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 it has to be there. Even the elements that I find negative, I feel like have to be there for this entire thing to work. But I, there's nothing for me to tell you. Just like Ralph said, you do what you're gonna do. Take your time. What Death Grips is to hip hop, I feel like right now you are to R&B. And I think that that's a fucking beautiful thing. So yeah, that's it. You're A1 in my book.